Trent. Parth, it's been a while. It's You're looking well. Thank you. It's been three weeks for the listeners. But how long has it been for us? Far longer. We haven't been together since December 30th, and it's as of recording February 6th. This is the conclusion of Craft Service's first ever break. Yeah, but we're ready to go. We didn't do episodes for a month, as hopefully some of you noticed. But I'd say we're coming back uh, with, with a vengeance. We're, we're here, and we've got some stuff. We're going to continue to be a movie podcast. Is that so? Yeah. And, well, Trent, should we just get what we've been eating out of the way really quick? Yeah, I get, that was our little welcome back. But, yeah, Parth, what have you been eating? Uh, well, Trent, I had come back from a shoot. Uh, I woke up at 6 o'clock to uh, shoot the sunrise on a farm for a documentary I'm doing for class. Yep. And it was 7 degrees outside. Oh, it's cold. And it was that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And so, as you can imagine, me and friend of the show, Sophia Alexis, who also helped, friend of the show, but not yet on the show, so not really a friend of the show, mm-hmm. Sarah Brotman, yep. and friend of Parth and friend of the show, but not friend of the show, Tom Merkel, were, are also very tired because they helped me this weekend. And so we heated up a pizza, a frozen pizza. Nice. What brand, if you don't mind my asking? Kirkland from Costco. Nice. Uh, there should be a term for people who, like, are our friends, like, off the show, but they've never been on the show, you know? This friend of the show implies that they've been on the show. Yeah, so friends of the show and friends off the show. Mm. Right? That's a good way to Little wordplay. I came from a, a location scout for a thing that you're also working on, and yeah. um, as part of that, uh, George, friend off the show, had to buy us a burgers because uh he made us wake up at 8 a.m to drive to the woods was it good cheeseburger yeah that's all i have to say about that but um (laughs) you ready we have a pretty tasty episode coming up speaking of yeah we should we should probably just cue right into the intro Hmm? yeah no since we're all like tired and cranky now we should cut to a recording of us from like several months ago when we were all peppy and excited young little film students right yeah yeah okay Cue the intro. Welcome back to Craft Services. Yeah, just like uh, just like that. Yeah, no, you listeners don't know. But usually after we say cue the intro, Trent and I have a little chat, but I just went straight in. Yeah, it's... usually there's like several minutes of, it. I wouldn't even say small talk, medium talk. You know, Parth and I are close friends. We talk about things, but there was literally a nanosecond in between him saying cue the intro and then saying welcome back to the show. I think, yeah, I think speed is the name of the game today. You know what I mean? If you can't tell you've got a, You've the... got the need, need for speed. I do. My favorite film. Um, if if you can't tell by the deadness in our voice, like, uh, you know. It's funny because we took the month-long break because we claimed to be so tired. And now we're coming, we're, here's the living proof, you know? Yeah. and But, but that, that, that's but, not a good sign being that now with this level of exhaustion, we have to move forward and continue to create the show. As yeah, promised. Don't, don't, don't mistake this tiredness for lack of enthusiasm for what's to come because today is a pretty juicy episode yeah i'd say juicy is the right word i'd say this is sort of a big episode for us this is a very big episode for us 
this is is this the first um, movie we had an interview so long we've broken up the interview for? Yeah, so I think the interview was, what, an hour and 45 minutes long? Yeah. And that was, I'd say, largely due to the fact that we were essentially interviewing three people at once. Partha, what are the names of the guests on the show this week, on our show, the podcast? Well, Trent, thank you for asking, as I know the answer. First of all, we have Danelle Davenport, storyboard artist. Uh, Then we have Rob McCallum, also storyboard artist. And... Third of all, we have Oscar Wright, who was sort of the head storyboard artist and brother of the writer-slash-director, Edgar Wright. Yeah, and uh, they all were super great, and because of how great they were, we just wanted to keep chatting, you know, and it went on for a very, very long time, and we thought that you, the the humble listener at home, doesn't want to listen to an episode that's essentially two hours long. Because yeah. that's hell on earth. And so we thought as this twofold logistically and uh, to buy ourselves some time because essentially we can just release the Scott Pilgrim, this three parts of the interview and buy ourselves like three weeks worth of episodes. And then at the end of February, we'll release a discussion with a special guest. And who will that special guest be? Uh, let's save that, shall we? Should we? Really? Should uh, uh... All right, it's my brother. It's my brother. He's a big he's a big Scott Pilgrim fan. I'd say when we first started the show, uh, of course, there's the question of, oh, if we do... Everyone has the movie that they're like, if you do that movie, you have to have me on. And Virage, yeah. that was Virage's pick. He loves that movie. And I love this interview. Uh, this part one of three for the interview. Um, it's super cool. They all kind of talk about how they got started in the industry and how they all started to get involved with Scott Pilgrim and Oscar Wright especially uh, was involved with the project for the longest. So he kind of has the most amount of detail and uh, it's pretty cool. Well, uh, sure. Well, Parth, I think we've, I think we've, uh, we've said enough words for now. So how about we just cut, we cut to the interview, do a little sound effect. Welcome to the beginning of Scott Pilgrim month. Yeah, a whole, a whole month worth of uh, Scott. It's a pretty good movie. Uh, so that I'm ha- I guess we're going to talk about it for a month. Mm-hmm. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our interview for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. With us, we have three guests, Rob McCallum, Danelle Davenport, and Oscar Wright. Collectively, they've worked on pretty much every movie you've heard of, including It Chapter 1, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Last Night in Soho. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. You're very welcome. Nice to be here. So, uh, just to start off, this is the most amount of guests we've ever had, so... I guess whoever wants to answer first can answer first, and we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. If you guys could all talk about how you first got into the movie industry and specifically into the art department. Okay, who wants to go first? How about we start with Rob? Okay. Um, I, uh, I used to draw comics um, when I was at art school. I worked for a comic called uh, Electric Soup um, alongside... Now, very, very famous comic artist, Frank Quitely. Um, and 
then I also was making my own short films and storyboarding them myself. Um, so when eventually I'd, I ended up drawing comics for a, a few years, I worked for 2000 AD, I drew a logo for DC, um, I worked for Stan Lee um, for a couple of years on the Excelsior line, which never came out. Apparently it was the last thing Stan Lee did when he was at Marvel. I didn't know that until about two weeks ago, so it was <laughs> like, you know, it took a while. Um, but uh, because of my uh, comics work, um, I got to know the editor of 2000 AD, and there was a film director in came to Scotland to make a Hallmark movie. And the day after the Stan Lee project got put on hold, after an indefinite hold after two years, I got a phone call from this director who'd got my name from the 2080 editor as someone that might be able to draw storyboards for him. So I had I had storyboard samples. Well, I had my own storyboards from my own short films and I had comic samples to show I could draw properly because the those storyboards were not very fancy, they were just for me. Um, and then I got a job drawing uh, a couple, like three, three Hallmark movies I storyboarded um, all in Scotland. And then the fourth one, which I, uh, I didn't work on, actually was shooting in my hometown just about Two minutes down the street from me, which you know, the irony is that I could, I didn't need to travel. <laughs> if I'd worked on that one, it was like, oh well. Um, so I did that, and I started storyboarding things like, but uh, you know, in, in Scotland there wasn't a huge amount going on, so I was doing like short films, and um, then I storyboarded the acid two, two of the three shorts and um, short stories out of the Acid House movie for Paul McGuigan, who I've. I've gone on to work with quite often over the years um, on, on various films. Um, and then I moved to Canada and I was, you see that no one's got the same story in mind. Just start waving at me if this is boring. But um, uh, I get set up with an interview. Someone, someone I know set me up with an interview with this guy's company and I travelled all the way downtown, took hours because I didn't drive. Um, and I saw this guy for like three minutes and he was in this room full of very miserable, scared-looking people drawing like designs and renders and stuff like that for interior designs and things. And he came out and he said, you know, give me, some, give me a copy of that, 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 that and that. And he left. I was honestly there for three minutes and out the door. And I was really, you know, like, kind of popped and I was like, oh man, travelled all this way and I don't think I'd want to work there. Um, and then uh, travelling, I got a cab and I travelled back and we were passing by um, Cinespace Film Studios and I just said to the cab driver, let me out and I went and got um, some photocopies done at the local grocery store and I went in and I dropped off some samples to various productions that I could get into. And uh, then that was the next day I got a phone call from the what ended up being called The Recruit, the Al Pacino Colin Farrell film. And I did some design work for them and then I did some storyboards for them and then it's a very small business so your name starts getting known. And uh, and then I did uh, I got a call for Bulletproof Monk, the Chow Young Fat movie that I, I started off doing costume design for that. 
But then the director came in and said, no, you're doing storyboards now. Um, and then that was me. I was just basically gone from job to job ever since. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't planned. It was sheer luck a lot of the time. <laughs> uh, Danelle, if you'd like to... Oh, sure, yeah. I think it's more than luck, Rob. I think that's talent and some audacity oh, and courage and to go in and just take the bull by the horns and deliver copies of your work. I think, I mean, I uh, I had started working in theater as a set designer, and I um, really was more of a drawing, painting kind of person, not really a math, rulers, architecture kind of person. And um, so I just wanted to segue into doing more drawing and painting and stuff like that. And so I, similarly, I just put a bunch of samples together. Um, I had worked on um, some films and some small things and done um, things for friends, but I hadn't really done a full-on professional job um, as a storyboard artist, but I dropped my, I sent my work to an agency here in L.A., and they called me in for an interview, and they sent me out that day. As I was in the office interviewing, a call came in to do changing on someone else's boards, and I had to go out that day. And I didn't actually have like proper kit. Um, I just had to scramble and like look for pencils underneath like the mats of my car or something. You know, I was looking at the glove box for drawing materials, and um, and I showed up having prepared by doing all my own research and teaching myself how to storyboard basically by watching films and learning film composition and um, uh, and then I just had to do it and I learned on the job unfortunately it was changes on someone else's work so you know a lot of the format was provided and I just had to imitate somebody's style and I, I just managed to do that and from that point on I just kept working and so I ended up starting, oftentimes in L.A., we start off doing commercials and because that's just a voracious industry here and they you need a lot of board artists. So that's sort of where I really learned um, to, to storyboard. And then, um, and then um, it's interesting because I, I don't, at least here, I don't really find myself in the art department that often. I've pretty much always been working at home and occasionally um, I'll be in the office, in the more, more, more recent years I have been in the office, um, but we're not, I haven't usually been in the art department, I've sort of been in the story department. Um, so, um, and recently I've worked with some animation directors who like to work in an animation style um, of storyboarding, which means they do a lot of boards, they lot of do, do a lot of story editing and figuring things out in the boarding process. Um, and uh, so I've learned to do, uh, I'm not an animator, <laughs> but I've learned to do more animation through with boards, which I really, really like to do. Um, it's funny, we were talking about um, uh, The Shining um, re before we started. And the first, one of the first movies I worked on back in 2001 was um, Looney Tunes Back in Action. And I had never done animation. I had done tons of drawing, tons of like classical drawing, human beings, animals, but not animation. I didn't know really how to design form at that time. And um, I had to draw a bunch of Bugs Bunny scenes and he literally looked like, I would say, I'm not an animator because my Bugs Bunny always looked like Jack Nicholson was shining, you know? <laughs> so I really had to work hard to, to learn how to um, 
to move form through space. And that's kind of recently what I've been doing a lot of. Great. And uh, I guess just Oscar, if you want to. Mine's a sort of winding road, but I'll keep it short. Uh, I study, I, I always did animation at, at home. Like um, Both me and my brother used to make short films at home with Super 8. And I toyed with animation, but I loved making stuff, um, making props and things. So I studied model making and I got into... My first job outside college was a feature film. We were just, you know, labour basically, cheap labour, you know, straight out of college, mono making on a film. And mono making was what I did for two years until the company I was with went bankrupt. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and it was like, you know, 21 year olds out on the street sort of thing, um, you know, uh, and, during the time I was looking for model making work, uh, my brother started um, started his uh, sort of campaign to make his first film, and I did the title sequence for it, which was animation, because and he asked me to do it because I could do it basically, and it, and you know, um, and on a very amateur level, but I you know I, I taught myself animation. And that was a learning curve, just doing that. And this is back in the day when you're on, drawing on cell, you're drawing on plastic. So it's you know completely different from nowadays. So I was learning on the job, doing that, as we all were. But that job got me loads of work for Sky, actually, uh, a, um, a uh, cable channel here, satellite channel, actually, but it's cable channel now. And um, and lots of little eye dents and stuff. Someone someone saw Edgar's movie. Basically, had an animation job, a little eye dent, thought of me, and I got loads of work doing animation eye dents. And then I kind of got bored with that. <laughs> you could tell in my work. I love animation to bits. I don't necessarily love doing it. Um, not not being the lone guy doing it because it was just me; it wasn't a team. I did work on some, uh, well, one in particular, one feature film uh, as an animator, as an effects animator, and that was uh, that was an interesting exercise, an interesting, but you know, window into that world. Uh, but really, um, my career changed again. So I went from model maker to animator, and then my brother needed some. He started doing um, uh, music videos, and he needed. And I, when I was an animator, I used to storyboard all my own animations. That you know, that was just part of the process, and it was it was all one thing. And that was my, much of the fun was planning it, not actually doing it. It was, you know, <laughs> planning the whole animation was great. Doing it was not great, not fun at all. And then editing it at the end was fun. And, you, and I learned a lot in just all of those processes. And then my brother started doing music videos and I started boarding them and doing little bits of design and stuff and helping him out on those. And then he got Shaun the Dead underway and we started boarding and really that's 
But there's been a lot of design stuff along the way, uh, graphic design, but mostly there's been uh, boarding since then. And that's that's really where um, my journey into boarding started. And uh, I found myself on, that was all of our first feature, that was our first feature for a lot of us um, at that stage. And I found myself in the art department and the production designer who Edgar always uses, uh, Marcus Rowland, fantastic guy and a really fantastic production designer. And he, um, I think he saw the use, like the, how useful I can be in the art department. Uh, so I wasn't squirreled away in a little room as on some films, storyboarders are squirreled away somewhere. and you. you you know, you don't get to see the other departments, but he he wanted me in you know on, on the team in the department, and it's been that way ever since. And it's really helpful, very helpful, to be in the art department doing boards. It's helpful for everybody, I think, because you know you, you get a lot of you can you, you know you just see how things are progressing along, and you can you can all help each other. So it's uh, which isn't always the case, but on those particular jobs. So that's how I found myself in the art department, mostly. (laughs) So jumping ahead, uh, how did everyone get involved with Scott Pilgrim? And did any of you have an established relationship with the material? Because it was like coming out concurrently. I think I read the first book when I heard that it was coming to town, just out of interest, because... Um, some the someone that ended up working on it that told me that it was coming. They they gave a brief synopsis of it, and it just sounded like, oh wait a minute, I should probably read that. That sounds interesting. But then, uh, yeah, I, I really liked the comic. And how did I get involved? And I had met I'd met Edgar and Simon Pegg um, when I was working on Land of the Dead. They came out to be carnival zombies. Um, I've forgotten that, yeah. And uh, there was an artist that I know, uh, Jim Murray, who did some artwork for Spaced um, for Simon Pegg's character as a comic artist. And I think it was Jim Murray that they used yeah. for that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so just purely because it was like, oh, we know the same person, I wanted to just say hi to Edgar. And then I was in my office drawing on Land of the Dead. And Edgar and Simon turned up as zombies at my wow. door and had a wee chat. And yeah, so you know, chatted with each other a wee bit over the next couple of days while we were filming. I was so exhausted on that movie. It was a lot, I boarded almost everything on it. So then when I heard they were coming, I actually bumped into Edgar on the stairs um, when he was, I must just have been here scouting and just had a wee catch up and a hello. And then, uh, I think I came in for a, to interview for doing concept art and I didn't get it, but I did spend probably about the next two and a half hours chatting to Oscar <laughs> and just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze and it was had a nice time. And then I got a call uh, not long after saying that Oscar was kind of needing some, someone to help out that understood storyboards on the film. And, uh, and that was me and I started and, I started off doing, I think it was just kind of helping edit stuff and just because 
the actual nuts and bolts of like pagination and all that stuff and storyboards is um, it's like a foreign world to somebody that's not used to it. You know, it, it's a, it can be an absolute nightmare. And yeah, so totally, totally, yeah. and totally, and, and and this was a lot of these, a lot of the boards were, um, they were they ended up digital, but they were drawn analog. I think I think I ended up using you using, you you were using the Cintiq. I had so. my Cintiq that I ended up thinking this is a better idea to do it on this because then I can edit while we're doing it. Yeah, um, but it's uh, the first time I'd seen a Cintiq in action. It was a tiny one as well. Yeah. And ironically enough, I'm, I'm back to a tiny screen. I do all my stuff on an iPad Pro now. Wow. So it's, a, it's the same size of screen, but like, and probably about a sixth of the weight. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was that. And I was on it for a good few months. I was, I was trying to remember how long I was on it for, but seasons did change. So it went from being freezing cold outside to being quite nice. So it's probably, <laughs> I think it was like three or four months I was on it for. Was Maybe. it only that long? It's... I don't know. It may have been longer. I really can't remember because it was that long ago. It was. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, I was on it for three years. Yeah, in Toronto. That's a good run. <laughs> we were we were in Toronto for eight months, where it should have been six. It overran. Yeah, maybe there was a time. I I thought you were in it until because. Oh man, yeah, it, it's difficult putting it all together. I uh, I still. remember that I was I, I moved upstairs to work on Resident Evil Afterlife. And oh, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. still around because I remember you popped up to say hello to me. Yeah, and we had a wee chat. Um, so yeah, so because so, so maybe the boarding the boarding was we we were boarding late into it, but the boards became sort of re-edited regurgitations of things and it was yeah. matching stuff together um because there was a lot there was a few rewrites on the on the go um I, in, you know uh, i mean we'll get into that later but yeah there was there were there were always boards to do even though i had design stuff to do as well yeah. i was trying to balance that and that's, that's why you you came along basically you helped out a great deal you know because it ended up being it was because um, I started off doing that and then I think I, I basically ended up drawing boards, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. to do some of the Castle Loma sequence, a wee bit of the opening. It was basically just kind of revisions and stuff that just needed done because Oscar was you know very busy with a lot of other stuff as well. So mm. it was it was kind of nice actually because usually it's just me. Um, I know the team, but like it can't just be me on a on a film doing everything myself. And then it was like, you know, the, you know, this isn't entirely my responsibility here. I get to just you know come along for the ride a wee bit. You know, <laughs> it was. It's always better to have a team. Always. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure, that's true. Yeah, I um, you know, I actually had, I actually had them with me. I had all. I had the four books that had been nice. published. I mean, we worked on these books. I lent one away. I don't know why I don't have number two, but um, I know I, I had to go back into my mail and hard drive to see when I worked on it. And I started, I think we talked about this and, and Oscar confirmed, it was prior to the movie getting greenlit. I worked like from May 08 through September 08. And they went, they had just left for Toronto or something like that. And um, so I was just doing the, um, 
the boards prior to getting it greenlit or something like that, I think. Yeah, when, um, I was just thinking about this today. When we first met, had you worked on it already? Because I, I suddenly remember we met in L.A., and I remember seeing examples of your other work and being impressed with it. And and uh, but had you? It suddenly occurred to me that like, had had you not started working on it? That I I was no. I, when was, I, I when I met you, I had I was just starting. That's the first time I knew anything about it, and I honestly didn't know anything about the comic or anything. And I um, was when I promptly went and got the books and read them, and they were really fun and. Uh, yeah, and then so I just, I, I think I did, I went back and I looked through my files and I did like, um, I, I just have sort of memories of the bits that I really love that stick out to me. Like, you know, I did the opening sequence with the Scott Pilgrim coming out of the guitar and the love cloud and riding on nice. the bus and um, like when he first meets Ramona and their first kiss and uh, when he jumps out the window <laughs> behind Karen Culkin, which I love. Um so, um, yeah, they were moments. And then, like, another one that always sticks in my mind is when Knives Chow is stalking them and she leaves her hand on the print on the window, you know. Um, so, like, I think that it did, like, the first, um, the first, you know, uh, guitar, you know, Battle of the Bands, the first, you know, the first, uh, the first competition, their first confrontation. With Matthew Patel? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 not the fight. I think um, the only fight thing that I worked on was, um, again, the Casa Loma bit, okay. the um, skateboarding bit. Um, because that stuff, I remember Edgar showing me um, the stuff that was being worked out in stunts with with Michael Sarah, And I think he showed me um, footage from the stunt uh, choreography um, with Michael Sarah and the Matthew Patel character while we're in the middle of that. So like oftentimes with these movies, um, they're not relying on my mad martial arts skills <laughs> to figure mm-hmm. out the scenes, which I don't have. Um, and so it's really, I, I don't like, I'll do a pass on fight scenes, but that's really the, the it goes to the stunt department really quickly. I think at least for me. But you, but you never, sadly, you never joined us in Toronto. You were remote, weren't you? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And we've only actually met once properly, and it was in LA, wasn't it? That first time. Yes, yes, because then we've talked a lot since. On you know, we've done a lot because we've worked yes. since. But because yeah, I ended but, up working directly with Edgar on that, and I think as I was telling you yesterday, Oscar, they were on some press junket, and so he would come in and out of town, and yeah. Um, and uh, or I'd, I'd send stuff off, or we'd correspond over email and things like that. I, I can I can start this story earlier than that though, because <laughs> the first time I came into, I'd heard, um, I'd heard that there was a project called Scott Pilgrim that Edgar was uh, being approached um, to do, and. I but I that's as much as I knew until the the first time I knew anything about it, knew properly what it was was the existing books which I think there was only three at that point um, were delivered to me 
without any you know any explanation whatsoever by I think that it was by the production company Mark Platt Productions I think they sent them and it, it wasn't um, Edgar's production company in the UK and it's like oh I guess I'm working on Scott Pilgrim then and then I started reading them and the, the first one especially um, I kind of got the idea I thought oh I see why they've gone to Edgar this is kind of a 20 something it's got a spaced vibe it's a slacker sort of thing and then it got to the end of the book and it's the Patel fight and my eyes just got wider and wider and I was like we're going to get to do this you know this is street fighter shit this is amazing and I and and I was I was really excited about what we could do uh, um you know, uh, it was very much in my wheelhouse, the kind of, uh, I, I'm an anime fan and, uh, well, certain anime, but I, I was definitely, it was definitely, um, you know, the first anime film I ever saw was Akira and it, it, like a lot of people in, in the UK and uh, in, in the Western world, Akira was the first one that was released, you know, properly on cinemas and uh, me and Edgar were there basically in, Bristol, watching it, uh, uh, and I think it was an animation festival, and it blew us away. So I, I've been a fan since then of that particular style, and there's been a few things along the way that have really piqued my interest. But and games have as well. I had a gaming background, um, so then me and Edgar had our first interview, like interview, like our first meeting about it. And we was it was interesting. He was sort of tentatively, sort of you know trying to see what I thought of it, and it was it was so great because we suddenly got we both got really excited because I said I can't see it like I want to do a handmade kind of look to it like it should be it should have this sort of handmade quality like a rough because there's something about those comics the first ones especially where they're quite, it's quite rushed artwork, but there's an innocence and a, of en energy about it. And I wanted to see if that could be captured. And Edgar got so excited because he was on exactly the same page. That's exactly what he wanted to do. So we, I vividly remember us like getting a bit giddy, like we realizing we both wanted this, this thing to be this way. And, um, and then, yeah, the journey started really there. Uh, and it was a full year, I think, of boarding and design work, meeting, you know, doing tests, um, you know, live action tests, doing VFX tests. Before we got to Toronto, there was a full, we'd been on it for a full year. And Edgar was doing other stuff, you know, there was other stuff going on, but there, my, my full-time job was Scott Pilgrim. And there was a lot of work to do. There was a lot, um, because there, there was, it yet to be greenlit. So it was all prep to get the green light. And Edgar wanted to go in armed with as many boards of all the action sequences as possible. And there was a very different ending. It was just very, you know, there, there was a, not, not the ending that was reshot. There was a different action piece. There was a different like, final fight. Uh, and all of this, to go back to how it tied up with the original material, the original book, Edgar had met up with Brian 
a long time prior to this and I think he'd only had one book out maybe by then or, or perhaps two and he gave an outline of his story to Edgar and Michael it ended up being Michael uh, Bacall who, who co-wrote it and yeah there was uh, uh, an outline of how Brian Lee O'Malley was going to tell the story and when and I'm sure you guys know but the, fir- the first uh, like the first third of the film I would say is pretty much identical to the books and then they split and that's essentially how many books were written and Brian Lee O'Malley was very heavily involved uh, we, we we went to him all the, Edgar would go to him all the time uh, I mined him for information as well and uh, he was brilliantly um, generous with us he, he, he was a fantastic person to work with um, and I, I, we Rob what, we, was he around when you were there? Yeah no he was he was, he was around and he was because uh... he came into the, he came in a lot we, we got yeah. him to do some work on the film as well much, much to his agent's uh, annoyance I think but we, yeah. we we got him to do some actual artwork that appears in the movie. Yeah, I loved his headlines. Very generous with his time. I remember the, head, the headlines in the newspaper store. There was so many wee details that yeah, there was, were that so funny. Fun. I just remember one of the headlines in, in the Toronto Star was, I'm cold. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like minus 30 outside. And it was like <laughs> but, it, but, yeah, so... The books and the um, film go their separate ways, and Brian absolutely wanted that to happen. He wanted to do his own thing, you know. He wanted to tell his own story, and uh, yeah, it, it's um, so. But by the time I'd got to Toronto, and it's still—I think I'm right in saying—it still hadn't properly been greenlit yet. It was definitely we were, you know, it was that sort of. Um, negotiation period about budgets and things I think uh, but we were all set up in Toronto and we were all ready to go and even though a lot of boards had been done um, there was a lot to design as well there was a, a lot of toing and froing with um, the fight coordination we, we were sort of uh, we had the you know amazing opportunities to work with the fight the stunt team and you know, I, I was so happy to be um, able to work with those guys, and it informed all of us. You know, we we all informed. We made as much as much a team effort as we possibly could, and uh, I think it really benefits. And we had a great VFX team on the other side of it. That was the third year of me on Scott Pilgrim was just the post production. <laughs> because there was an awful lot of work to do after that, after we'd finished shooting. There was, yeah, almost the entire year's worth of work um, just on 2D animation, which I mostly designed myself, uh, but I needed a team. So there was a team that was built up around me of animators, and we got that through. Um, And amazing work from those guys who really helped me out because I desperately needed help on that. And uh, but that that was a whole process in itself was a a 2D department alongside the VFX department and and making that work. 
Welcome back. Now it's yeah, the, the end interview. Of the ep- now it's the end of the episode. The interview is over, and I hope you hope hope you hope you enjoyed it. Just as you guys heard earlier, I have yet again, without any small talk, gotten straight to the end of the episode. And here we are. Uh, well, I we hope you liked the episode, and yeah. uh, this is usually the part of the episode where we talk about the next episode. Yeah. And what comes next is part two, because we definitely stopped. I'm sure Parth found a logical conclusion. Yeah, I tried my best. Like a place that this interview ended. And so then if you listen to this interview, you want to continue. Wait seven days till next Sunday. It's the day where we release episodes. Um, church day, day of the Lord. And uh, so, the, yeah, so next Sunday. And then the subsequent two Sundays, there will be no episodes. Um, about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We hope you like this episode. We hope you can rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Give I, us a if good you guys up, If you update Spotify, then you'll be able to give us yeah. the stars, and we would like you to do that. And we think we deserve it, you know? And on Apple Apple Podcasts, you write us a little review. That'd be nice. It, like, helps. Yeah. Um, Parth and I are trying to make enough money to quit our day jobs, and so we need... We need to monetize. So tell your friends about Help the show. Us. Help us. Yep. Uh, we're going to... It's only a matter of time until we sell out and the the there starts... We have to start filling ad time. So enjoy. Yep. Enjoy the commercial-free radio while it lasts. All right. Well, I think we're we're out. We're tapped out. I yeah, think... No, I've, I have a splitting headache. But... We're really excited about the next month. Don't get us wrong, guys. Uh, part two is going to be better than ever. You Parth, are I mean? you going to be are you going to be amped for next week to compensate for this current level of drab? So amped, but what? Yeah. All right, <laughs> bye, listeners. <laughs>